0: Good morning and thank you for the opportunity to speak today on this Remembrance Sunday morning. And so on this day, we pause and remember the sacrifices of those who have gone before us, those who have uh, fought to protect uh, this country and the freedoms that we enjoy. Um, And indeed, those who are still Uh, working at the front line in order to keep us safe. So let's pause and give thanks for them and for the freedoms that we are enjoying, even today, even despite the ongoing uh, battle that we have with COVID-19. And let's also pause and prepare our hearts to listen. Uh, Listen as I try to just set out some thoughts based on the reading that we've heard earlier in the service from Mark chapter 8. Let's pause for a few moments together. We don't take for granted, God, the fact that we have freedom in this country to live our lives and to worship you and to enjoy the benefits that we might not otherwise have had, had so many sacrifices not been made. And so this Remembrance Sunday, uh, we remember those who have given of their lives. And we pray for peace in our world and in the community in which we live. We come to you and we pray that we might be uh, delivered from uh, conflict and from all that would uh, get in the way of living life as you intend. And we also pray for an end to all of the difficulties and loss that the ongoing challenges of COVID-19 have brought to our land throughout this year. We ask that you would prepare our hearts now to hear from you and to respond. Amen. Amen. Well, we've got some really interesting characters to learn from today. We've heard of uh, the woman who approaches Jesus with her little daughter possessed by an impure spirit. We don't know the woman's name and we don't know the daughter's name. And then we've read about the group of friends who take uh, the man who is described as deaf and hardly able to talk. And we hear of them begging Jesus to place his hand on their friend. And once again, we don't know the names of the friends and we don't know the name of the man who was deaf and could hardly talk. A number of characters in our story today. Something I believe uh, really important to learn from each of them. And I hope they can go from being anonymous characters to ones whose experience might really resonate with our own experiences. And maybe we can put our own names into their situations this morning and really uh, learn something important from them. Uh, I've got a few key words to try and help us uh, remember some of the key points that certainly have landed in my head as I've been preparing this over recent days. I think they're characters who decide to step out of their comfort zone, confront their fears and seek change. They're characters who are willing to step out. Secondly, they are people who demonstrate great determination, willing to overcome obstacles, willing to uh, battle through their own guilt and shame. People who refuse to play it safe. People who stick with it, confident that God is gracious, he's good, and he's powerful. And then finally, we're going to meet people who are willing to rely on others, recognizing their own limitations. Uh, They're people who will seek help, realizing that they cannot do it themselves. So if you want three words or three phrases, they step out, they stick with it, and they seek help. Stepping out, sticking with it, seeking help. I really pray that these phrases and what I'm about to say might just be so relevant for the lives of those of you who have decided to watch the service today. I really pray that the next 20 minutes or so uh, won't just be kind of noise in the background and that you'll be able to tune in to the experience of these individuals as they stepped out, as they decided to stick with it and as they sought help. In every case, we will meet people who had an encounter with the living Jesus that would change them forever. And we'll have choices once again in terms of how we engage with Jesus. The words on the page, the experiences of 2,000 years ago, and what the Bible says about the living Jesus even today. I've been reading a book in the last uh, couple of weeks called Dream Big by Bob Goff. This is a book that I'd really recommend. No matter what uh, stage you're at in life, it's a book about finding your real purpose in every part of life and refusing to settle for a mediocre Existence. Uh, Bob Goff has got one of the most remarkable experiences I have ever come across, uh, promoting the human rights of children across the world, uh, working to ensure they are released from the grip of witch doctors and at times going on to minister to those uh, very witch doctors in prison. And if you want to find out more, get the book or look at the website Love Does, uh, which is the name of his first book. But I have to say, some of the stories he tells are also really rather silly at one point his seven-year-old son is in the car with him in america you can probably tell it's american uh, complaining that he's unwell the son has got a cold or at worst has got a flu and bob says to son hey adam we need to tell president bush that you are feeling lousy he says don't worry adam i've got bush's number So he calls the number for the White House. And one of the chapters in the book is entitled, The Number for the White House is 202-456-1414. Maybe don't all try it today, okay? I haven't tried it. I don't know if it's the right number or not. Maybe some of you who are more curious want to give it a go later. 202-456-1414. He calls the number. Bob's um, Adam, rather, is there sniffling in the front of the car. And the phone answers and says, This is the White House. Bob says, could you put me through to the president's office, please? My son Adam is sick. It could be a cold. He's sneezed at least seven times today. Uh, Bob writes, by this time, Adam is standing on his seat, his eyes full of anticipation and amazement. His grimace has been replaced by a big grin as he listens to this conversation with total amazement. Bob gets put through from the White House, uh, uh, the White House uh, person who answers the, the door through the call, rather through to the president's office. The person in the president's office speaks directly to Adam and assures Adam that he will get this message through to the president as soon as possible. And funnily enough, Adam starts to feel an awful lot better. Bob Goff goes on to take this simple and slightly bizarre story and challenges the readers about whether there are things that we care so much about that we're willing to really push forward and overcome obstacles and barriers in order to uh, get to that objective making the call, making the big requests, not settling for the status quo. And that's what I think we see happening with our characters in Mark chapter 8. They are willing to take risks and to step out far from their comfort zone. So let's think first of all about the woman uh, that's presented to us. She is a Gentile and Jesus is a Jew. And Jesus is working primarily with uh, Jewish people. She, a Gentile woman, has got no relationship uh, with Jesus or any sense of entitlement to get his time and attention or to be the recipient of his miracles. Jesus is as far away from her as the president was as far away from Adam in that story that I've already recounted but she's heard about Jesus. She's heard about his power and authority, and she's desperate for change. Her daughter is in a terrible state, and she's heard that Jesus can bring healing, deliverance, and wholeness, so she goes for it. She steps out of her own house. She could have stayed there. She could have said, it's too difficult. There's no way you'll see me. She steps out. She walks along that street. She gets into the house where Jesus is. She's not prepared to stand at the door. She goes straight up to Jesus. She doesn't look at him eye to eye. She falls on her feet and she begs. She steps out. Skip to the next miracle and here are friends who are part of a big crowd, but they too are determined that their friend, who is deaf and hardly able to speak, will meet with Jesus. Jesus this time not in a house, but surrounded by so many people that they have to really push through the crowd in order to get to the very heart of the action. They're determined to have a personal encounter uh, between their friend and Jesus. So they fight their way through the crowd and they beg Jesus to put his hand on their friend. And my challenge in reflecting on these two stories is whether I am so determined and at times desperate to see change and to see God working in my own life and in the lives of others, that I am willing to step out, to put myself out, to risk failure, embarrassment, humiliation, in order to meet with Jesus. As Christians, we believe, and it's at the center of our faith, that we are saved by grace alone through faith alone. And that's foundational. There's nothing we can do, we believe, to make God love us more. There is nothing we can do that would make God love us less. We are completely loved and accepted through all that Jesus is and all that he has done. And yet, as recipients of his grace, he invites us to step out and to step into uh, his big plan for our lives. He invites us to make huge effort in this. And there's tension here, saved by grace alone, not able to do anything that will earn God's favour. And yet, 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 15 says, Always strive to do what is good for each other and everyone else. And there's lots of references in the Bible to striving. One other, 1 Timothy 4 verse 10. This is why we labor and strive because we have put our hope in the living God who is the savior of all people and especially of those who believe. And I'm struck as we think about the characters in Mark 8 that we've read about today and that we're focusing on. They're not what you describe as laid back, are they? they're not indifferent. They are stepping out with determination that they will have an encounter with Jesus in order, in one case, that their daughter would be released from the terrible things that are ruining her life, and in another case that their friends would be healed. They're willing to battle with this and to go through whatever it takes in order to meet with Jesus and i uh, the challenge i guess for me in this is whether at times i'm just accepting brokenness in my own life and that of others or whether i am determined that in this life however long i have and for you however long you have we will step out and fulfill god's purpose for our lives we'll bring hope and healing into the lives of others. So as we think of stepping out, I I hope that for some of you, it might resonate with something that's stirring in you to take a few risks, to show love to others, even in ways where that risks getting uncomfortable and even where it might mean that we face rejection. But not only did they step out, they were determined to stick with it, confident that God is good, Gracious and powerful. So, to return to the woman, uh, the one with the sick daughter, Jesus is really challenging to her in this story, and I have to say, it's an encounter that makes me feel deeply uncomfortable, and I can only imagine how much more uncomfortable the woman must have felt. Jesus, in this passage, seems really rude. And yet we know from looking at what the Bible teaches us about Jesus and uh, from all that is revealed about him that Jesus was not rude because Jesus is himself the image of God and God is love. So what's going on here? Jesus uh, says, well, let the children eat first. It isn't right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. And from my reading into this, Jesus is either making a point about his primary ministry at this stage being to the Jewish people and not to the Gentiles, or he's testing how determined and how confident this woman is in in him. She's in a really awkward situation, yet she holds her ground. She has got such confidence in Jesus and in his power, his goodness, and his love that she sticks with the discomfort and says, Lord, I'm happy with just a crumb. Just give me a crumb from the table and that's going to be enough. Jesus likes the answer. He admires her faith and her determination and he delivers her daughter. I wonder, would I have stood my ground like that? Or would I have walked away at the sight of the first obstacle? Would I have felt ashamed and disappointed? Would I have said, well, that door has closed? Or would I have been like her and said, Lord, I need you. I know I am not worthy, but I am determined to have your touch on my lives and and your touch in the lives of those whom I love. Like Joseph in the Old Testament, would I have wrestled with God and say, I will not let go until you bless me. Would I have held on uh, to those words of Jesus in Matthew chapter 7, where he says, ask and it will be given. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you for everyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds. The man who had been deaf and who could hardly speak, he had to stick with real discomfort too. It wasn't going to be easy for him. He was exposed by this big crowd with all of their prejudices around disability that would have existed at that time. And then he has this strange experience of Jesus sticking his fingers into his ears and of Jesus spitting and putting his saliva onto his tongue. Really odd, isn't it? And yet I love the way in which Jesus treated him with dignity and dealt with him directly and personally, because we read that Jesus took him aside and away from the crowd while he had this really personal encounter with Jesus in both cases they stuck with discomfort they knew that the person they were dealing with was gracious powerful and good and they trusted him and my challenge as i've been looking at this is whether i'm sticking with it or whether at times i am settling for a comfortable existence that is less than what god intends i think there's a real risk at this on time of ongoing covid that perhaps we perhaps I, become comfortable with not meeting together as often as we would normally do and not serving together in the way that we would. I'm sure, uh, like me, sometimes you thought, oh, this is quite convenient. We can tumble out of bed, switch on the TV, get our service, uh, do church and get on with the rest of the day. And of course, I recognise that our ability to do church normally is constrained and also that there's a huge amount of work involved uh, in in putting on these services and that many are serving uh, incredibly hard in order to deliver them. But I wonder if there's a risk that for some of us we can settle for comfort rather than really stick with working through the obstacles and the hurdles and the challenges and at times the closed doors that we need to go through in order to really see God's blessing in our own lives and in the lives of others whom we care about. Francis Chan says this, God doesn't call us to be comfortable. He calls us to trust him so completely that we are unafraid to put ourselves in situations where we will be in trouble if he doesn't come through and if I could use a slightly less lofty source than Francis Chan. Um, Elizabeth and I have been uh, at times using an exercise bike through the recent months uh, uh, period. I should probably be using it an awful lot more and as I was on it this week uh, and I was thinking about this message the instructor uh, shouted at one point as he was encouraging us to keep going we didn't come here for easy. We didn't come here for easy because we want to see change. We want to see growth. So we push on through the pain uh, to get stronger in the case of that exercise bike. So easy to give up. And yet if I stick with exercise, I think most of us who occasionally try a bit of it, are glad that we've done it and that we've stuck with it. And yet, two days later, it's still so tempting to take it easy, to forget about it, and to have a coffee and to relax instead. And so I suppose my message here is simply this. Please, whatever your sense is of what God is calling you to do in your life, whatever your heart is saying about the needs of others round about, don't give up. Don't give up today. I know this has been a year full of so many challenges. Stick with it. Keep asking, praying, knocking, pushing through. Maybe like that woman, um, dealing with the embarrassment and the shame and the rejection that she experienced. 2 Timothy 1 verse 7 says, The spirit that God gives us is not one of timidity, but of power, love and self-discipline. Let's not settle for less. Finally, stepping out, sticking with it, and seeking help. I'm really uh, struck with the fact that in this story, none of the characters managed to go alone. Let's think about the daughter of the woman. We see her alive and well, sitting in her bed at the end of the story, but she needed help from her mum. Let's turn to the man, as at the end of his story, he is hearing and speaking freely, but he needed help from his friends. Ultimately, they were transformed by Jesus, but this was done through their deep relationships with others. And isn't that like the church? None of us are intended to be soul traders, living alone, trying to do it all ourselves. We need each other. We need to support each other. We need to be open to sharing our needs, our hopes and our dreams and being generous and being, in a, being available to support others in need. I need help and support from others in this church. I can't do it alone. I saw that very directly this morning as I was preparing to record this message. I've needed so much help from others in the context of this recording. I needed help from Elizabeth in terms of taking the time uh, to be away from the family to record. I needed help from Clive in terms of getting keys to get into the building. I then didn't have a little adapter thingy. I needed help from Glenn uh, to get that adapter. Then I managed to set the alarm off as I was coming into the church. I needed help from Steffi in terms of getting the alarm off. And then Colin was disturbed Uh, Because he was phoned when the alarm's off, so he had to come as well. Basically, I needed the help of about half the church in order to record this message. And maybe that's partly reminding me, and sorry to all those who I disturbed on a morning uh, when you probably had lots of other things to do, but maybe it's a message to me that I can't do it alone. And maybe it's a reminder to you that we need each other Are we reaching out to those around us, asking how we can help, offering to pray, seeking to support? And despite the restrictions that we're under and we can't have people into our homes, sadly, are we still willing to be open, to be vulnerable, to acknowledge our need for God and our need of support? Who are we praying for this week? Who can we ask to pray for us Who can we reach out to with an offer of help and support? A genuine offer of help and support today and every day in the week ahead. The result of all of this, the stepping out, the sticking with it, and the seeking help is that they have this incredible encounter with Jesus himself. They're all different in many ways, these characters we've looked at, but they have one thing in common. They all experienced the power and presence of Jesus in their lives, bringing healing bringing deliverance, bringing peace in the present and bringing hope for the future. And I believe that's what Jesus offers us today. And I believe it's what Jesus' heart is for those uh, around us whom he has put in our lives. And in the immediate stories, we also see hints of a bigger story going on in our passage. One of cosmic relevance. We see Jesus on a mission, knowing that he's not here for long, providing glimpses of what this world will be like when he has his way and when he makes everything new. We see glimpses of his glory that are described in the passage uh, back in verse 37 as leading to people being overwhelmed with amazement. Overwhelmed with amazement. And I want to finish with this challenge. Have we ever, and are we today, overwhelmed with amazement at who Jesus is, at all that he's done for us, and at all that he has in store for us? I think he invites us, To look fully at him, to be bold in our asks of him, to enter into what he has for us, to dig into the plans and purposes that he has for our lives at whatever stage we are. And maybe then, uh, in the words of an old song that I haven't actually heard sung for years, we might be overwhelmed by love deeper than oceans, high as the heavens, and we might be able to sing, ever living God, your love has rescued me. No one could ever earn your love. Your grace and mercy is free. Lord, these words are true. So is my love for you. Overwhelmed with amazement at the grace and power of Jesus. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, help us to step out. Help us to stick with it. Help us to seek help. And may we experience what it is day by day to know relationship with you, Jesus. To know your power and your love. And to be people who individually and collectively are simply overwhelmed by you. We ask this in your name and for your glory. Amen. Thanks very much. Thank you so much for your message, Paul. We really appreciate that. Let's uh, have some worship together.